Welcome to Pair at the Point, the Pittsburgh Penguins podcast of the Faceoff Hockey Network. Follow us on Twitter at Pair at the Point and at the FHN. Visit thefhn.net for daily hockey articles and casts. Welcome back. So this week we are going to discuss the last four games that uh, have happened since our last episode and we're going to go into detail a little bit about the games as well as who we think are standouts. We are really in that next man up mentality and for me it's really exciting to see the people you don't really expect on the score sheet to be there but I I think it's really cool what Mike Sullivan has managed to do with the team and we keep getting blow after blow. If anyone missed it yesterday they announced now that uh, Latang is in COVID protocol. Of course, that doesn't mean he has it yet. We don't know that yet, but he is in COVID protocol. Jeff Carter, we found out the other day, he's also in COVID protocol. So we have had some issues early on, but I think that they're doing a really great job. I agree with that. Uh, the team has come together. Uh, we've getting we've gotten uh, contributions offensively from players we probably didn't expect them from. Uh, team has really put some volume on net, uh, competed and and adapted to each opponent in a unique way, and I think that they've uh, really brought a, a high energy level uh, throughout each game. There really haven't been many lulls. Yeah, it's it's been really, really exciting to see. So let's talk about about the games that have happened. And I think the most disappointing one for me was the first one, and it was the Panthers. So I we looked not great at the start of that game. We were down 2 nothing. I think, into the second period. And then we came back, and we, we made it 4-2, to two, which I really liked. I liked that we had the ability to, to fight back. Uh, that's, you know, something we haven't always seen from them. So I, I think that was really promising. Um, for me, though, the, the thing that was a little concerning was that they blew the 4-2 lead with, I think, five or six minutes left. Obviously, it was tied, and then it went into overtime. We lost in overtime. So I'm really happy that we, we could get a point out of that um, with – with you know being down to nothing for for you know the first thirty minutes, but yeah, I would I would hope that you know you don't blow that lead. And I think we've obviously learned a little bit from our mistakes because we've had a couple big leads since then that we have not done the same thing. Um, I also would like to just kind of say that there was an element of flukiness to this game. I agree. Uh, both the, ways. the puck was kind of crazy. Uh, I don't know if it was the Florida Heat or or what it was, but uh, it it did seem like there were a lot of scrambles in and around the net for both sides, uh, and Casey seemed to end up on the worst side of it twice. Well, and that's um, that's a good point, Casey. This was his only game he's played so far this season. Uh he he looked really great in in some spurts. Yeah, and then I thought in others he looked a little rusty, but. Overall, I I wasn't I wasn't really upset with Casey. I, I don't think it was all all on him. I thought the defense was probably the worst in this game that we've had, and you saw all of that culminate in the winning goal, where the coverage was just pathetic, 
and a lot of that has to do with like the line change situation where you have the the long change uh in the fourth period so uh, i i just really didn't like how they they hung him out to dry there were a couple times you had to peel it off we ran into our own goalie i know Boyle like tried to clear one off the goal line and it squibbed right out uh, into the slot uh defensively i just i just thought they were chasing the puck a bit and they weren't letting the play come to them and that led to a, a lot of uh, missed coverages and players uh, coming in from the point uh, right down the middle of the slot. I do want to say that I thought offensively this might have been our most consistent effort it, outside of the first 10 minutes. I thought we were really, really good. We put up something like 48 shots on. Um, Carter had eight. Gensel had nine. Uh, Rodriguez had seven. So some of these guys were really going. So let I want to actually talk about Gensel because he's this was his first game, and he's coming back from COVID. He was apparently asymptomatic, and he he looked good to me in this game, and he scored a goal, uh, and I thought that he gave a solid effort. Now, I don't think he's given as much of an effort in the next couple of games. Yeah, I don't know if he's still feeling some of the ill effects. I think you got to really give him a month uh, or two, really, to see whether or not he's going to be back to form this season, whether he's going to be on pace for you know, a 35-40 goal season or whether it's going to be less than that. Uh, I think you also have to see how he's going to do uh, with Crosby back in the lineup, assuming that he gets stuck with him. Yeah, I, I think... That's one thing to note is that Jake is playing with people he's never never played with before. You can tell he does look lost for many shifts. You're like, oh, was Jake playing tonight? Like, uh, I said that during the Dallas game, I yeah, think. Yeah, the Dallas game, I thought he looked, not to be mean, but I thought he looked lazy. I, I, he didn't look very engaged. He didn't really look like he wanted to be there. I, I think that's something that Gensel has had off and on uh, throughout his career in spurts in the regular season where he seems disinterested with forechecking and backchecking, and he just kind of wanders around the offensive zone looking for a pretty play. I mean, the kid has three points in four games, so he hasn't been horrible. No. He just, when all of these other people are out of the lineup, you expect him to be... The guy. The guy, and he hasn't been. And that's okay because other people have stepped up. But for me, it's just a little concerning that he hasn't stepped into that role in the way I kind of thought he would. So, I mean, last point for me on the, on the Panthers game, and, and this is sort of a larger point, is I think the offense has done well. I think the defense outside of that game has done pretty well. However, there are moments where I feel like we're a bit scrambly, a little too aggressive uh, in chasing the strong side, and it's led to opportunities on the weak side. Uh, which are basically wide open. And our goalies have bailed us out a lot. And I, I saw Jari did this a ton, um, especially in like the first period against Toronto, the most recent game, uh, that you know the goalies have to come up with big saves because there's just a blown coverage on the weak side. And whether that's the wingers being too aggressive coming over or whether that's uh, you know, the defenseman in front of the net or the centers you know, getting bogged down in the slot, I don't know what that is, but that needs to get cleaned up or it's going to bite us. Yeah, forward. and I think, like, last point, we're not going to win every game, you know, like Toronto's game last night, 7-1. to one. And I think, you know, despite it all, 
with our roster, we gave a really solid effort against a cup contending team. Yeah. The Panthers are very good this year. They don't have a loss yet this season. And I, I, th- I think they're really going to make a push. And they, they have a good chance of winning the cup this year. So I think overall, getting a point out of that and then three points I think, on the Florida road trip is I think they have great. one of the more balanced offenses. Uh, they definitely are tenacious. They have some good defensemen. I think they're going to have to add a couple pieces on the back end and figure out who their goalie is, whether it's Bob, whether it's Knight. Uh, and if they can sort that all out, yeah, they're definitely on the short list, top five team, I think. So moving on. So Chicago, <laughs> that game was fun. So I think it was really like a highly anticipated game. First game back at home for the season. First game uh, with fans. It did sell out. Uh, and then obviously Marc-Andre Fleury uh, coming and playing for his you know, yeah, his new team. So I think for me personally, I expected Flurry to be really good and he got chased. And, you know, I, I don't know what Flurry's deal is. He does not look very good at all this year. I don't know if he, his heart's just not in it or, you know, he may just be having a rough couple of games here, but yeah, he, he looked terrible and it helped us to get a quick, quick lead and then we just kept building. And I know that it ended up being five to two. So we did let in a couple, but one was like a Patrick Kane power play goal, which, you know, that's going to go in on most goalies. And then I don't even remember what the other one was, but we looked really good for 60 minutes in that game. Yeah, I think we maybe let off the gas a little bit in the second, but I mean, that's to be expected when you're up by such a large margin. And it was really weird. I mean, like it didn't it didn't feel like a dominating effort it, it didn't feel like we should be up 3 to nothing within like the first 10 minutes but like we were so uh, part of that was forechecking and i i thought that uh whether it was Simone forcing Flurry to cough up that really that one really egregious goal on the edge of the trapezoid or you know it was Heinen uh getting quick shots off in the slot and man can we just talk about him for a second like his release is wicked. I mean, he's for real. Yeah, so Heinen is on my list of next men up. You know, he has been so great. And, I mean, complete props to our management because they, I think, knew that he had untapped potential. And it really makes losing McCann way less of a blow for me. Because, like, honestly, we weren't going to re-sign McCann next year anyway. And now we have Heinen locked up for a while. And... He, he has just looked good in all areas of the ice for me this season. Yeah, I mean, he only got that one goal. I thought he maybe had uh, tallied something else. But, I mean, there is something uh, that has there's, – there's like a 25, 30-goal upside to him that exists. And his release – I mean – his goals this year have just been snipes. There's almost unstoppable shots. Yeah, he, I mean, he has three goals to assist through five games. Yeah. So, you know, he's really bringing it, and he is going to be one of those players, I think, that gets moved up and down the lineup. And for me, he's showing that he's going to be able to be in that role. So I guess the question is, you know, how did he 
how did he fall out of grace with the the, the Bruins and the Ducks? Like, what happened where this guy was not getting top nine minutes and, and not putting it together? Because it seems like he's a full package. Well, the, the craziest part is when we're fully healthy, he's not getting top nine minutes on our team. Yeah, I think that's definitely debatable <laughs> at this point, especially with... I mean, he may be like the third line with Jeff Carter. Uh, I guess that's the third line. I don't. It's hard because the Bluger line isn't a true fourth line, but I guess it's technically a fourth line when everyone's healthy. So I guess he would be getting top nine minutes if he's on the third. Yeah. But I would like to see them try him with both Crosby and Malkin and, and see because he's playing fine with Jeff Carter, but last night he wasn't with Jeff Carter and he still was very good. So... My my personal pitch would be for uh, Gensel, uh, Gensel, Malkin, Heinen. Uh, I know that there might be an issue with uh, them both being uh, on the same side of the ice, but... They're playing together now. Yeah. They're playing with, uh, with Carter right now. Well, until Carter got COVID. But I, I think that... It would be worth a try to move him around and see if he can kind of, especially with Malkin, to see if he can click with Malkin. Yeah, and I've always been on the Jake Gensel should be with Malkin train because I think they play uh, really complimentary games. I know that Sid loves playing with Jake Gensel, and he's the most talented winger he's had since, like, Hosa, so I get that. But I don't know. I think they I think they fit really well. It keeps Malkin playing a more north-south game. and. I hope that when Malkin does eventually return, and he looks like he's slotted for early December at this point, uh, that we start to see them get away from the Gensel-Crosby duo, because I, I think that spreading the wealth around and, and giving Malkin the number one winger would make us have a more balanced roster overall. Uh, and yeah, I think Heinen could work with either of these two, and I'm interested to see where he slots in ultimately. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it could be anywhere in... The, either those two lines as well as Carter's, especially since he's going to have some chemistry with Carter because they're going to be playing together, I think, here for a little while. True. That, that will probably never be healthy. <laughs> that's true. That, that's what we say. When, when everyone's healthy, it's going to be like this. But, you know, it's never healthy in Pittsburgh. I think we had, like, one game last year in November where everyone was healthy and then someone got hurt in that game. So you, you just never see it. But... All right, let's move on to Dallas. So we were at that game, and I, I don't know how it came across on TV. It was probably really boring um, when you were just watching it, it on TV, just, you know, in with the camera in one zone. But I thought it was a really good game. Obviously, we lost in a shootout, but that, you know, it is what it is. That, that's like a flip of a coin. I, I think it was a really great game defensively it was Mike Matheson's first game back after his little tweak injury and he was amazing and like I said I'm not sure if it comes across on tv but when you see Mike Matheson play in person it he he's just this a big standout for me I I, my eye always goes to him. He's always in the right places. He's always doing the right things. He's like churn. He turns his legs through the defensive and the neutral zone so well that he covers a wide 
amount of ice in a very short amount of time. And I think that the other thing, you, you kind of do see those long strides on TV, but the other thing you don't necessarily catch is, is you know, when you have a view of the width of the ice, is, is how, uh, how much room he covers with his wingspan. Like, his stick, you know, he can make, he can, you know, have a, a step and a half behind somebody, and, you know, he's going to catch them just based on how long he can reach and, and get a deflection in, and... Yeah, I, I think he's very impressive. I, I like the way that he and Marino in particular and Friedman uh, jumped up in, in the play. Um, was Friedman out that game? Yeah, yeah. Friedman was out because Matheson was in. Friedman was back in yesterday against Toronto because of Latang. I am mixing the two up in my mind. But all three of them, I think, uh, have jumped up in the play well, and been very active. I mean, that, active. that's a good call out because Friedman has been very good when he's been in our lineup. Um, he was in like those first three games when Matheson was out. And then he, he, he only missed one game and it was the Dallas game. I realized that as soon as I said it, but no, it's like, (laughs) he's looked really good. They've all done the same thing, which is, I think jumped up on the play and they've gotten like low, like low, low. Uh, Marino has uh, driven the net a few times. Matheson has as well. And Freeman likes uh, jumping up in the play and like getting well, off to Marino, the side. Marino is the, or was our only goal mm-hmm. during the Dallas game. And I, I also wanted to discuss Marino because Marino's on another level. He looks so good. And I think, I think he's our best defenseman. Yeah, I like the way that he always presents himself as a shooting threat. Uh, Friedman, he's learned a little bit of this. I, I don't know, maybe it's rubbed off or something that in the defensive coaching is teaching in the last year. Uh, he opens himself up to be a one-timer threat like everywhere. And he's, he's pinching in when the play collapses. He senses that and he cuts off to the side and gives himself a shooting lane. Um, Friedman's done it a bunch, but Marino did it in this game and it was just a thing of beauty because you could sense he could tell that the play was collapsing. And he wanted to get himself off to the uh, the side of the circle, and he opened himself up, and it was a beauty shot. Um, you, you can't teach those sorts of things. You can definitely curate it with, with good coaching, and I think that's something that they've emphasized. The downside of that, right, is, you know, it is going to bite us, and I think you've seen that uh, particularly uh, in the Panthers game where things got too wide open. We got a little too aggressive, and then you see two and ones the other way. Uh, so picking your your times to jump in and, and make yourself a, a shooting threat and and to uh, really jump into the offense is important. And I think we've seen improvement on that um, in these last two games. Dallas, in particular, they 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 came in and they did exactly what they wanted to do, which was make this game a, a slugfest through the neutral zone and. Uh, really forced the Penguins to have trouble getting to the slot, um, getting free chances. I thought Holpe was the difference maker in this one. I thought Holpe and Jerry both were very, very good. But Holpe, I think he just had some higher quality chances throughout this game. I thought we deserved to win this game. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, sometimes the goalie will steal one from you. Yeah, so let's move on to... The Leafs. So <laughs> after, you know, the Jeff Carter announcement and then the Latang announcement, and obviously we already have Crosby, Malkin, Rust out. Who would have thought that they'd come out and win this game 7-1? to one? So I thought we'd win it. I did not think that was going to happen. And 
I mean, for to be fair here, the Leafs had a lot of chances. They hit a couple of posts. Two bars, yep. Yeah, they, you know, they didn't... I don't think they looked bad at at the start and, and through, like, the first. When it, you know, when it was tied 1-1, I, I thought they looked really, really okay. They were pressing the yeah, tempo. Yeah, but it, it's concerning, if I'm a Leafs fan, it's concerning how they just kind of let that one get out of control. Yeah, I mean, once it became, like, 3-1, it was like the team gave up. Yeah. And they had been, you know, once that's they hit that second bar, it was like the whole team just deflated and... They and for collapsed. me, for me, that's coaching. I, I think that they don't necessarily have the right person in their room. Uh yeah. So <laughs> interesting. We actually watched the uh, what is it? All or nothing. Uh, Amazon Prime put out uh, an in-depth kind of like in the room HBO style type documentary where they followed the Leafs around all last season and. It really, and it's a phenomenal program. They have a good team. They have a really good group in their locker room, but their coach is not good. Yeah, I I don't like the way he he coaches, and I'm I, not I'm not sure about Dubas. He comes across actually quite well, I think, in that documentary. Um, I I like his interactions with the players. I like his management of different staff and the way that he kind of analyzes every move that the, the team is or the organization is going to make. Keith just comes across aggressive unnecessarily a lot of the time, and he just he he's he's slightly abrasive. He doesn't I, seem likable. I also like had noticed like he would talk about players to other players, yeah, like behind their back, but all, they're all on the ice, so like they know. Like he'd go up to veterans and be like, "Oh, like how do you think I should manage Austin Matthews?" Like it's yeah, that, that seems not not good to me I, I feel like that's not good for that player it's not good for a young player I, I just don't I don't like that so my perspective on coaching in any sport in the modern day right is that you you do have to manage personalities to a degree because there are a lot of different personalities in the room and that's always been the case but these are grown adults and they expect to have a degree of autonomy and if you come in there with this iron fist, or if you come in there and you think that you're going to, like, run this, like, you know, Fortune 500 company, and you're going to micromanage everything, it's not going to work out for you. Either strategy, where whether you're the micromanager or you're the hyper-aggressive, um, tough guy uh, of old, neither strategy works anymore. You have to be a people person. You have to be a tactician. Your main job as a coach, in my opinion, is to make tweaks around the edges, right? You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna analyze what happens on the ice. You're going to call out things when they're wrong, but you're not there to embarrass anybody. You're not there to call people out. That doesn't need to happen anymore. And honestly, you do more harm by doing that over and over and over again every other game than if you just would shut up and let things take their natural course. Right, the season is 82 games long, and then you have a playoff. These guys, some of these guys are are playing in in their 10th, 11th, 12th season. They've been through this. Like you can't be telling uh, Jason Spezza and Wayne Simmons, you know, when you're on a four game win streak, that they're doing things wrong. Like shut up. Like at a certain point, you need to step back 
and, and I, I this is something I, I give Mike Sullivan a lot of credit for, and there's a big reason why he's won so many games, and now he's winning, winning his coach in Penguins history. He knows when to pull back, and he's learned this. He, he didn't start this way, um, and I think in 18, maybe he was pushing a little hard going for that three-peat, but since then, he's really loosened the grip. The atmosphere feels a lot more relaxed than many teams around the league, and that's why they're willing to go out there and, you know, six forwards down, you know, they're willing to put out a ton of effort, and, and they look loose. Yes, there's downsides to being loose, but those sorts of teams are the ones that can put together runs and uh, win divisions, win championships. I will say, in, a, in an era after Crosby and Malkin are gone, Mike Sullivan wouldn't be a bad coach to have. No. Because I think that he'll put a good team on the ice every night, despite who's on the roster. Uh, I, he's, pr- he's proving that to me, especially. We've always been good when one of them is out, but having both of them out for like this, this kind of extended period has really shown me what a great coach he is. Yeah, I, and I was hypercritical of him and his lineup decisions last playoffs, particularly not benching Jerry, uh, even though DeSmith was out. And I've, I've been critical of his refusal to line match um, in past years, but now he's learned how to do that. He's made better decisions, and I feel like he's... He's a- not digging his heels in and saying, I'm right. He, he really does learn... He cha- he's not afraid to change no. his style, which is is kind of a big deal for me. I, I think a lot of coaches are like, this is my way. This is how we do yeah. it. And he adapts. He does. He adapts to the people around him. And I think that he is is adapting his style of coaching for what the team needs. I, I mean, that's impressive. Look at the 2019 version of the Penguins versus uh, the Islanders when we got absolutely smoked. And then... Uh, the Canadians kind of did a modified version of that neutral zone clog up situation. And they came back in 2021 and they really aimed to defeat that sort of uh, stratagem against the Penguins. And look at the results. They won their division and they deserve to win the first round. I'm, I'm going to come out and say that. Yeah. That is it. They did. They played a totally different game. Uh, they were able to make adjustments to what was the Penguins' playbook offensively, defensively, and uh, really engage all five players on the ice in a way that they hadn't uh, in terms of back-checking and getting sticks and lanes. I I just am really impressed with how this Penguins team looks wildly different from the team that we saw in, like, say, 2018. And yes, the personnel are wildly different, but a lot of that goes back to coaching and the things that Sullivan and granted new personnel with him and the staff uh, have done. I'm a big fan of I'm I'm impressed. I think we're trending in the right direction. And a lot of people are sleeping on the potential of this organization to still compete. Yeah. So uh, quickly before we end, I want to just kind of go over some thoughts I have on some standouts and then some other players who maybe have more to give. Okay. So for me, players who have more to give, I think my number one is Jake Gensel. Uh, We, we already discussed that. 
Uh, obviously, Jake always has more to give. His talent is limitless, and I expect him to to crank it up and, and be, you know, what, what he is. I, I think, you know, not starting the season, missing some of camp, you know, that, that hurts a player. Even, even like, a great, you know, world-class athlete, that hurts a player. So, you know, your line mates being out, all of it. But I, I ex- fully expect Jake to get and to get better. I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but I think this is a big reason that Matthews has struggled. I think this is a big reason that a lot of the players who've come back from COVID, maybe they play well for a few weeks, but eventually some of that lung damage does catch up to you. And hockey is a sport where you exert and you have to have perfect ox saturation. Like you can't, you, you can't I, get by with 90% of your yeah, oxygen. Even if you're, you know, asymptomatic, it could affect you and you don't, you don't even realize it, in, especially in your lungs. So I, I, I fully expect Jake, you know, to pick it up here. Just little bits of lethargy. I, I feel like yeah. it bleeds over into your work habits, your, uh, your workout habits. Um, yeah, definitely. So I think, I think it's, it's fair to give him a little bit of leeway. Right. Same, same the way that I do to Matthews and other players who've had it. So another player for me that I think is going to break out is uh, Kasper Kapanen. So, I mean, he has four assists through five games, so he's not, not doing well, but no goals on the season yet. But he's had his chances. He's had a lot of chances. He's hit some, some posts. You know, he's just kind of been – I feel like people are in his lanes, and he just has had kind of a, a, a little bad luck here. But I fully expect him to start scoring goals. And I, I think it's kind of interesting how – our top two lines have had significantly less production than our bottom. Yeah. And like you, I mean, Zucker, I think he has two goals and assists through five games and uh, Rusty's injured, but I mean, Heinen's done really well, but you know, they, they haven't, they, I don't know. There just hasn't been as much mojo as those bottom, bottom six uh, every time Kapanen's on the ice, though, he does something offensively right, right. that impresses me. He hasn't been bad. He just hasn't found a scoring touch yet. But I think when he finds it, it's going to be I wild. Think, I think it was against Chicago where he had that one toe drag around that guy to set up. It was a secondary assist. But, like, man, he just sees the ice so well sometimes. And he's fast. He's, he's hard to play He's against. got hands. I think his finishing ability is always going to be what sets him back. So if he can find a lane, not everybody needs to put up 25 goals if they're going to put up 35 assists. You know, I think he can be a top nine playmaker and he can be an accessory piece. Uh, he doesn't need to have perfect finishing ability. He doesn't. I mean, I would love to see him shoot a little bit more. Um, but, I mean, he's already had, what, a dozen, dozen shots through five games. So that's not terrible. So... Another interesting thing for me, when you look at the Teddy Bluger line, they've been amazing. They've been all over the ice. They've shut down superstars night after night. But then you look at their points, and Zar has zero points in three games. Teddy Bluger has two goals, zero assists in five games. And who's the other one? McGinn. Uh, McGinn, I think, has three points. I think he has, like, a goal and two assists or something like and that. And one of them came off of O'Connor's pass, which yeah. wasn't even his line. Exactly. And 
when I, I was kind of shook when I saw the stats because in my mind, that line was doing a lot more, but I think they are. So I think their purpose currently, they're tiring out the opponent. Yeah. And it is helping these other lines then go out there and be more offensive. And that's kind of always been that Teddy Bluger purpose, his line. It's just kind of strange right now because they're like the second line right now because of all of our <laughs> issues. So you, you think, oh, the second line, they need to score goals. So it's it's strange to me that they're out there. Like, I think he was out there. They were out there against Dallas's top line. Yeah, it's weird to see a kind of aggressive four-check shutdown line, but that's what it is. I mean, they're very much the new NHL. I mean, Czar and Bluger, and to a degree, McGinn. Czar's looked so good. So I could not, when I saw that he had zero points, I was like, excuse me? I, like, what? I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I mean, only three games, but part of that is, is just the volume they're putting on net, right? They're, they're looking to cycle down low. They're looking to just waste time, basically. And, and like you said, keep the opponent's stars uh, hemmed in their own zone. Yeah, and that's another thing for me that has been a standout for us. Uh, our neutral zone play has been phenomenal. Yeah, we built on what was what was done towards the latter half of last year, uh, where they cleaned things up and they started to adapt. And now you're starting to see this back checking, especially with the big gun, big guns out. It's everybody does it. We we're creating turnovers. I, I mean, the, the fresh one in my mind was yesterday. Simone just like stripped the puck, turned around create a scoring chance i think we got a goal yeah i think i think they hadn't quite left their own zone but like again that that tenacious stick checking it it happened in the neutral zone okay and it it's just been a a huge standout for me that was the one where we set up boil and honestly like if you want an example of why simone is a top you know he's a third line caliber player and he belongs in this league go watch that play right That's a that's I mean, a Patrice Bergeron type and back the play, check. The play against Marc Andre Fleury that created a goal. Yeah, and he's just he's a very he's smart. He's very good, especially along the boards of just coming away with the puck and setting something else up. He's a good forechecker, a good back checker, he and sometimes is, that's all you need. For me, I think and and Mike Sullivan. He, he's Mike Sullivan's perfect hockey player. He's exactly what Mike Sullivan wants on the team. And you can tell. You can tell he's fitting in perfectly again. And he's just been really, really good night yeah. after night. There is an aggressiveness to our system, which I, I like that that is our hallmark, right? It's no longer just speed, go go rush, and, and go up and down the ice. It's now more win the battles and, and just pester the other team. I like that. I like that as a trademark. So some other standouts for me um, are Zucker and obviously Drew O'Connor. So (laughs) Drew O'Connor's just been great, and I think he's the real deal. He has five points in five games, three goals, two assists, and he's been just – he's been everywhere. Yeah, I mean, he is – we would not have all these all these great things to say about the team if Drew O'Connor's not on it. I, I truly think that. It's weird because like he was the guy that I had pegged to make this team as the 13th forward. And maybe when we're healthy, he still ends up in that role, which is really a sad thing to say. But like he absolutely des- deserves a top six role right now. And I don't know how you demote him when he's playing well, like this. I think the interesting part here is... 
he played center last night. Yeah. And he did good. He did real good. So that might be something, you know, he he's going to do moving forward when, you know, Sid's back but Malkin's not. And He took a, a solid preseason and he didn't slow down. He sped yeah. up. Yeah, he, he looks really good. And then Zucker. Zucker, I mean, he has two goals, one assist. So not like putting up these crazy numbers, but just the eye test for me. Jason Zucker looks back. He he he's has never a fire. Looked, the way he looks now, he's never looked in Pittsburgh. Yeah, he he has some serious hustle to him. He is a demon out there in terms of puck pursuit, and I really love that. I think he's probably I, been our best fortune. I like our his I like his behind the net play mm. so much this season, and it's created so many scoring chances for Kapanen mm-hmm. that Kapanen has not yet buried. But if those two can can click, and Kapanen can start, you know, burying goals, that that pair is going to be unstoppable i think and that that's really exciting yeah it's weird because zucker's had some better chances than the ones he scored on which haven't been all that great so uh, I, yeah both of those guys i think have been a little snake bit and once once their shooting percentage starts returning to where it should be i think you're going to start seeing them put up the numbers we expect so finally my last standout and someone i'm most excited about and happy for is tristan jari he's been just he's been great so he has a 943 save percentage in four games he's 3-0-1 I mean he plays amazing at home but he also was great against Tampa away so obviously we need to see a little bit more we have these eight game eight home games in a row uh so I I know Tristan can play well at home so I'm I'm interested to see what he ends up doing when when we go back out on the road but he you know he has 1.47 1.47 goals allowed. He's just been so great. I, I kind of want to talk about like a, a little bit of the technical stuff that I've seen from him, which looks different. His glove is his, a big one. His glove's the one that stands out, right? Like he's holding it in a different position. He's attacking the puck in a way I, I used to call it. Quick had a Jonathan Quick when he was in his heyday, and he's obviously fallen way off a cliff. But like what he used to do was he would angle the glove towards the puck the closer it would come in towards the net to the point where he would actually get so low with his entire body uh that he looked like i I used to call him the crab because he would like lurch forward towards you know a player when they would come in on a breakaway or they'd be in tight in the slot and you see some of that with jerry's game now where he's actually lurching his upper body forward towards the uh towards the shooter when they're in very very tight and that helps a lot right because if they're trying to lift it, there's nowhere for it to go, right? So I just like how on top of his toes he is and his crease, he, he's owning his crease. Uh, I, I, I like the amount of control that he's had when he's pushing left or right, when he's covering his posts, how um, when somebody's trying to snipe a corner um, from a distance, he's keeping his shoulders square and high. And his rebounds have been a lot better this season too, and our... On, on the defensive side, our defense have been better at clearing them out. I feel like last year a lot, he, he kind of got hung out to dry a little bit. Yeah. You know, he would, he would let up that second and third rebound, and our defense just weren't really doing their job. Yeah, I mean, a couple of the goals have still been rebound goals, but not on him and, and kind of fluky in that how they've squibbed out. Uh, I, I think the sky's the limit in terms of his potential. 
Uh, and I like that he doesn't seem shaken by what happened. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy for him because I, I want him to be the guy. I, I'm sick of like the goalie carousel in Pittsburgh and I want him to do well. And he, you know, he seems like a really nice person and he kind of keeps to himself. And I think that's really hard when you're a goalie. And so I, Speaking I really of, hope he he can keep this up because I'm really happy for him. Yeah, we don't want to be Philadelphia where we go through a new goalie every year. Right. Uh, speaking of the goalie carousel, obviously Flurry's had his struggles early with Chicago uh, after coming off an amazing season. And poor Matt Murray started to finally look like he was going to be healthy. He gets hit in the head, taken out of the game in Ottawa. Um, so, you know, sometimes sometimes goalies just can't catch a break. And it seems, uh, it seems like you really just need to pick one and ride with it. Uh, yeah. A lot of the guys that are in analytics call goaltending voodoo because there's so much that is just unpredictable when it comes to this. There are the Vasilevskis of the world who are just exceptional and consistent for a, f- a period of like five years, and they're Hall of Famers because of it, right? And that's really all you need because everybody else in the league is pretty much at the same level of athleticism, talent, consistency. And you just go through these lulls and you have bad games, bad stretches, and you have good games and good stretches. And the rest just needs to be sorted out by the team in front of you. Yeah, and I, that, that goes back to us choosing in the offseason to stick with them. Yeah. I, I think that was a good decision. and In hindsight, yes. Yeah, I, it was scary at the time. And, I mean, we, we thought we should go out and get a vet. And not necessarily get rid of Jerry. I mean, that was obviously an option. But, you know, we just wanted to not have the situation of last year. If he is doing poorly come playoffs we and, and say to Smith's hurt or something. Ultimately. And I think we did that because I think Domingue will, you know, hopefully be okay. I worry. Who knows, but. I mean, he's looked fine in practice, but it's hard when you haven't seen any game time, really. Well, he, he's injured, too, so... Yeah, currently. and that doesn't help either, yeah. so... But, you know, I think it's a great great start to the season. I think, like you said, a lot of people are sleeping on the pens. Obviously, I don't know yet. No, no one knows yet if this is, like, a cup-contending team. It's hard when we have so many people out. Uh, you can't look at us like you look at, you know, the Panthers and say, this team's going to you know, do damage. We don't know that yet. It's impossible to gauge, but we early returns are really promising. Yeah, I agree. I'm really excited with what I'm seeing. I'm excited to have more games to watch. I I think that we are going to be okay. I really do. Where I think we're going to make the playoffs, which a lot of people weren't sure about. So I'm going to go even further. Uh, I mean, ultimately, no one really cares how we finish the regular season. Uh, if we bounce out of the playoffs early again. And nobody will care about Jari's regular season if, if he collapses again. Right. But looking at this and projecting where are these teams in the Metro are going to finish, the actual Metro, uh, Islanders are off to a slow start. Capitals look good. Um, but you have to expect they're going to fall off at some Ovechkin point. I think already has five goals on the season. Which is, like, ridiculous. Yeah. But... I don't know. Do you think maybe the division win wasn't a fluke and maybe they are still right in the mix for that? Yeah, I, mean, I do. There's no runaway here. Um, and the Islanders look I think like... the Metro's a lot closer than it's ever been. A lot of times you'll have like three or four teams that you absolutely know are making it. And you may have one that could challenge 
and then you just have a couple real stinkers. I, I think it's really close this year between a lot of a lot of the teams. Like you know that the Jackets aren't making it, and more than likely the Devils aren't either. And then everybody else is kind of just there, and it could go any way. Flyers have looked pretty rough so far, uh, which would help us in terms of our odds of making it. Rangers have looked pretty good. Capitals look pretty good. Islanders somewhere in the middle. Yeah, and Carolina, they've been okay too. Carolina wasn't been sure solid. about them because they had an interesting off season. But. It, it's not. It's definitely not going to be an easy path to the playoffs. It's a tough division, but there's no reason to think that they can't be right there towards the top as a one or two seed come the end yeah, of the season. Yeah, I mean, we don't, games. we don't have a regulation loss yet. Yeah. So that, you know, that's, that's good. And there's a lot of teams out there that don't have any losses yet, and I think the league's really good this year. And, and I think that it's going to be really hard. But I like what we're seeing. It's very promising, and it's exciting to watch. We uh, will be at Tuesday's game and Saturday's game this coming week. So I think it's always fun uh, for us to bring you that per- the live perspective because the game is so different in person than it is on TV. You see a lot of things behind the scenes when you're in person. And like, like Mike Matheson is a big example of that. I think he doesn't come across on TV nearly as dominant as he is in person. But we'll definitely bring some coverage from those games. Hopefully we get a couple wins while we're there. And I'm just excited to, to continue talking pens and see the, the team develop. And hopefully we'll get back Crosby real soon. We always, we always love watching Crosby, of course. So, yeah, I, I think there's a lot, a lot to look forward to. And the boys are doing really well so far. So they've been exciting to see. We'll keep it rolling. Yep. So as always, you can catch us on Twitter at Pair at the Point. We've done a couple of giveaways, so make sure to give us a follow and keep up with us there. We had some tickets that we gave away last week, so we had a really good time with those people. So we're glad they took the tickets and got to enjoy the game. And then we gave away a player's t-shirt uh, to one of our listeners. So um, th- there'll probably be some more stuff like that to come. We'll see what happens. But yeah, definitely follow us there. And then you can check us out on the FHN.net. And their Twitter is at the FHN. So I think that is all from us for now. Bye. Bye.